The Last of Us Factions 2 is still being worked on according to the game's director. What seemed like a game that would be permanently on ice or maybe even heading to being cancelled is apparently still a thing. I have my own theories about how this game will ultimately and finally show up, and I don't think it's going to be the live service game that everybody was expecting. This is somewhat related to my own thoughts about PlayStation's live service push. I don't think the goal that they set will happen in the way that they wanted or in the time that they wanted. And there's an ongoing narrative that, you know, PlayStation Studios are not too keen on making these live service games. Now, I put all of the good information right here at the start so you don't have to go looking for it. And that way, if you want to watch the entire live stream, you can. If you want to be here for the live streams, make sure you hit subscribe and the bell button. That way you don't miss my shows. So The Last of Us Factions 2 continues to be a point of mystery in the gaming world. Recently, the director of the game indicated on Twitter that he is still working on the game. The game, as a surprise to me, I think this was a surprise at least, since all of the signs were pointing to the game essentially being put on ice or possibly headed to cancellation. I thought that this would be a good opportunity to recap everything that we know about the project, but also theorize about how it might show up. I actually don't know if this game is going to show up as a standalone any longer because I'm not convinced that the original plan will let it stand alone. Live service games really struggle and this would be probably another game that might not make it. More than that, I don't think PlayStation's live service games will come out in the quantity that they intended or even on the timeline that they intended. So some of those may be facing their own delays and cancellation as well. So first, I want to recap everything we know. There was a Bloomberg report, then there were layoffs, there were tweets saying, hey, let us cook, let us work. Now we have a tweet from the director saying, you know, hey, I'm still working on the game. Even when the initial news broke about the game being potentially delayed, there were some interesting tweets from the devs about other projects that they might be working on. Second, I want to trot out some theories. I think there's probably three possibilities of how The Last of Us Factions 2 finally does show up. Obviously, there is a fourth possibility that it just doesn't show up at all. Right? There's three ways that I think this thing launches and releases. There's three different sort of methods where I could see they could deliver it. But there is that fourth possibility that it just doesn't make it to the market. But we are going to go forward with the assumption that they are going to launch this game in some capacity. So first, let's just establish everything we know about The Last of Us Factions 2. It was September 26 of 2019 when Naughty Dog officially announced that Factions would not be included with The Last of Us 2. They said that the vision of the team had grown beyond an additional mode, and in an effort to support both visions, Factions would eventually land separately. So from the very beginning, it seems clear, at least to me, that they saw this as an ongoing game, or a game that would stand completely separate and on its own from the base game of The Last of Us 2. That is at least what I think they thought. I don't think many multiplayer games launch all by themselves and are not an ongoing game or a live service game. This was also two years into the explosion of Fortnite and many studios were clamoring to sort of bottle lightning as it were and have their own live service multiplayer game. Well, The Last of Us 2 came and went and no significant updates about factions. Then in 2021, there were some job postings and then at Summer Game Fest, in 2022, Neil Druckmann showed concept art and said it was the most ambitious game that Naughty Dog had ever made. Then 2023 rolls around and we got more concept art in January, but 
the PlayStation Showcase, they were a no-show. Not surprising because in May of 2023, we heard from Bloomberg that the game was facing setbacks. It was in response to this report that Naughty Dog devs started tweeting things like, let us cook. But they also made an official announcement indicating that the game needed more time. This was when they also announced they were working on a brand new single-player experience. So it was tough to deduce what the devs meant by, hey, let us cook. Were they talking about this other single-player project? Were they talking about The Last of Us Factions 2? Are they wanting to pivot away from factions when they're saying, like, let us cook? Or they're like, let let us move over to this other stuff. It seemed like maybe they were moving people to different projects away from factions 2. Factions could be a game that they want to work on, but it's difficult to know. Then in October of 2023, layoffs were reported at Naughty Dog, with the game allegedly being put on ice. Now, granted, it was only 25 contract workers, and according to IGN, most of the people affected were quality assurance contractors who saw their contracts cut short. So it didn't seem reasonable to think, you know, that this game was coming out anytime soon. It seemed more reasonable to think it was going on an indefinite hiatus. If you get rid of your contract workers who are there for quality assurance, it doesn't seem like you're going to be testing anything anytime soon. Or, as I said before, this potentially could be headed to cancellation. Some people were reporting that the game was cancelled. I had my own theories that this thing was going to get completely shelved and maybe show up later. Now, if you fast forward a month after the layoffs were reported, November the 6th of 2023, the director indicated on Twitter that yes, he is still working on the game. Now, this is the tweet. It has nothing to do with Mario, right? Well, it does, but like he tweets about Mario, okay? Got all of the 300 plus Mario's dead in the process, okay? So he, he completes this thing in Mario and he says, so this tweet can live on in peace. Yes, I'm still working on that game so it seems like if he tweets about a Mario game that he beats he anticipates people saying hey are you working on the Last of Us game or the Last of Us multiplayer game his Twitter account says he is the game director at Naughty Dog on the Last of Us online project so what does this mean well I don't think they would just scrap the entire thing according to Neil Druckmann this was incredibly ambitious and there was an interview where he did somebody put it on my Twitter timeline this morning he was very excited and very you know looking very much looking forward to this game I think they think this is good stuff so I don't think he would just completely scrap the game and throw it in the bin the primary reason the game was put on hold as reported by Bloomberg was that Bungie questioned the long term viability now many fans have been critical of this claiming that Bungie has no right to speak on the subject some have even pointed to the recent reports that Bungie missed revenue targets by 45% forcing them to lay off over 100 people and when I reported on those layoffs it was clear that Bungie did not handle the layoffs very well but the future of Destiny was somewhat uncertain in those reports that we're seeing. Unless the next expansion turns things around, there is grave concern about the future of the franchise as well as all the people who are working on the game. In the wake of the layoff reports, some customers reported that they were even canceling their pre-orders of the final shape. Understandably, fans of Naughty Dog and those looking forward to the factions too, they pointed to all of this, claiming that Bungie is in no position to say whether or not factions 2 should come out. As low as my view is of Bungie as a company, and it is pretty low, I still disagree with this take. Even in their failings or struggles, the input they can bring to the live service discussion is incredibly valuable. Who better to tell you how to make a live service game last when they just had their own big revenue target miss after like eight years 
of their live service game running. So, I don't want to have that debate. I'm sure we might get into that debate today. That's fine. I don't mind, you know, discussing it. But I think what's bigger and more important is, will this game come out and what will it look like when it finally does? So I want to go through three theories because I think there are three possibilities with what they decide to do with The Last of Us Factions 2. And the first and the easiest theory is that the game just comes out as planned. It just takes longer. This would mean they're taking feedback and consultation from Bungie about what needs to change in order for the game to have longevity. My personal opinion is that this is the least likely. I don't even know if it's the best option. Well, how can you say that? We don't know anything about the game. Well, okay, I'll grant that point, but... I think turning a game mode into a full-blown live service game is very difficult. We have already seen this with The Division Heartland. The more I looked at that game, the more I thought this is just a really great mode that belongs in a full game. The survival mode from Division 1 was a hit, but that doesn't mean it has the substance and the longevity to be a standalone, ongoing game. Rumor has it Ubisoft agrees, and Wildlands will be folded into a larger project. And it feels very similar to the situation with The Last of Us Factions. The Last of Us 1 Factions was a surprise hit. And because of that, they understandably sought to make it bigger and better in the second game. It's not hard to think that the explosion of Fortnite in late 2017 all the way to 2019 had an impact here. That was two years of everybody saying, what on earth? This is insane, the amount of money they were able to make. And they just made a very simplistic battle royale. Even the concept art of The Last of Us Factions 2 gives a battle royale vibe, a larger area or mode, not just a match based mode. Listen to how the wiki describes factions in the first game. In factions multiplayer, players lead a clan of survivors through 12 weeks, either as fireflies or hunters. There are no multiplayer abilities unique to either faction, and at the end of 12 weeks, choosing the other faction does not reset the player's progress. Each match played counts as one day, and gives the players opportunities to gather supplies to fuel the clan's growth and progress. And there were multiple modes you could play. You could play supply raids, survivors, sudden death, and interrogation. And according to my research, it allowed up to eight players to play. Well, the rumors about Factions 2 was that it was going to allow up to 40 players. So it sounds like they wanted to increase things and make it larger. Again, even if you look at the concept art, it seems as though this game was going to be bigger, almost like a battle royale. Now, given the survival elements, I could see a game like this taking off if they do it right. So that's the first potential outcome, is that it still launches as is. They expand it. It's bigger. It's better compared to the first game. And Bungie's input enables them to create either a content rhythm or seasons or something so that the game has long-term viability. Now, the second theory I have is that they're going to bake this into the Last of Us 2 remaster or director's cut. Rumors and leaks have surfaced in October of 2023, indicating that The Last of Us 2 Remaster could be on the way. Now, this was met with obvious criticism from players who want new games. They're going, you know, they're growing tired of remakes. They're growing tired of remasters. Folks like me, I was late to PlayStation. I missed out on The Last of Us 2 launch. I would gladly play a remaster. Also, we have to consider how much the PS5 is growing and pulling in new users this generation. 
this is an opportunity to provide those new users with a great catalog of next-gen quality. I personally think this will likely land in the same vein as the director's cuts that we saw for Death Stranding and Ghosts of Tsushima. This would likely be met with less criticism if it was an optional $10 upgrade for anybody who owns The Last of Us 2, but... I could see them baking in factions into this, similar to how we saw Legends was part of Ghost of Tsushima. It was like a free update, and then they eventually sold it separate. Well, I could see them saying, hey, The Last of Us 2 Director's Cut is coming, and we decided to put factions in that as a way to attach it to something maybe larger than itself. It would help it not have to stand alone, and it could help them test the waters. It wouldn't leave the game out to dry if it ends up not having a strong draw. Now, one concern with this theory is that for a game like this to do well, it needs to be free to play. Well, from where I sit, if they were to do this, they would be dialing back the live service expectations. But if it does well, if it maintains a player base, they could make it free to play later for those who don't own The Last of Us 2 or they don't want to buy The Last of Us 2 director's cut. So that's the second theory. Now, lastly, but not least, I think they could kick this all the way down the road and include it with The Last of Us 3. Now, this is probably another one of the outcomes that is unlikely, but it's not beyond the scope of possibility. It would allow for lots of work, revamps, changes, and feedback from Bungie, but I really think this is an unlikely choice that they would make. I don't think they would make you wait that long. If you're going to wait that long, I just don't even think you would bring it up. You wouldn't want that to be a sore subject on the runway of marketing for The Last of Us 3. But that leaves me with one honorable mention. This is another, you know, thing that they might consider doing you could launch it in early access or as a beta if the understanding is that listen this is going to be community driven it has the potential to survive a lot longer with the feedback from the community after Baldur's Gate 3 I continue to think that if you have a big recognizable IP and you want to do live service early access is a great option you already have brand awareness and for this game You already have some level of demand for the product. That's a huge leg up and an advantage to fill the player funnel. You just need a solid enough concept and an idea to keep players coming back. Because, listen, without their engagement, you've got no data, you've got no input, and the game would ultimately die. No matter how it shows up, one thing is true. The Last of Us Factions 2 is a mystery that we won't solve anytime soon. So let me give you my thoughts and my conclusions on this. The discussion about Last of Us Factions 2 is interesting to me. Some fans say things like, just release it, right? Just push it out there. Or they'll say things like, Bungie has no right to get involved. Well, first, just releasing something is a topic we complain about all the time as gamers. Launching games when they're not ready or they need more time is irritating. If the devs are telling us, if Naughty Dog is telling us it needs more time, then give them more time. Secondly, the idea that Bungie has no rights to get involved. They were literally acquired for this reason. PlayStation has no interest in Destiny as a game. They want the live service expertise. I will continue to say, anyone who has done something for almost 10 years can provide input about everything. What worked? What didn't work? What brought success? What almost killed the games numerous times? Why do you think you had a 45% revenue miss? This is important information. This is vital to knowing what to do and what not to do with a live service game. As frustrated as you might be, it's better for the final product to wait and allow expertise to do its job. 
The second thing I want to say is the director of the game obviously wants us to know the game is still being worked on. At the very least, I would think that they are scoping out the new direction that the game needs to take. I've always said that for a live service game, it isn't just about the content loop. That's assumed. The content loop needs to be good. It needs to be great and enjoyable. It's about really what will bring players back in the future for the future months and the future years that you want the game to survive. I recently said that answering the questions about a live service game's success, these are not technical exercises. These are not technical questions with technical answers. These are psychological problems. If you are not ready to answer psychological questions about what will drive a player to keep coming back to your game, then you are not ready to launch a live service game. My conclusion is this, whatever form the game takes, if and when it finally launches, I have to assume it will be in better shape than it is now. I trust Naughty Dog when it comes to quality, and I wouldn't say that I trust Bungie about really anything, but I trust experience. And whatever input they have had or continue to have should help this game go down one of two roads. They either decide it is better suited for an add-on mode and it arrives in something like The Last of Us Part 2 Director's Cut Remaster or The Last of Us 3. That's one road they could take. Or the road less successfully traveled is this thing launches as a live service game by itself. I wouldn't be surprised if live service consultation becomes a need in the industry in the future. Game devs, engineers, artists, and project managers, they understand how to build games and bring them to market. Getting players to come back over and over again is a completely different task. So, whether or not we ever see The Last of Us Part 2 factions, well, that remains a mystery. But at the very least, what we know now is that it is currently being worked on, at the very least, by one lone director. And that's the show open. Thank you guys so much for being here. A faster show open, a shorter show open. But I wanted to talk about this because I guarantee you it'll be a catalyst to a discussion about live service in general. So I'm curious what you guys think. I trotted out some theories. You know, hey, maybe they might bake this in to The Last of Us Part 2 remaster or director's cut. Maybe they kick this all the way down the road and it launches with The Last of Us Part 3 or, you know, maybe they're just plugging away and they're making revamps. They're making foundational changes to the game. There's a variety of things that they could be doing. So make sure you guys go through all the rituals. Smash that like button. Over 400 people already here this early in the stream is amazing. Thank you so much. Smash the like button. Let's go for 200 likes and you guys have about 2900 you're maintaining like 2900 members if we can get to 3500 members i have to play the king kong game you can make me play bad games on a friday night sitting here with my wife and having a good time on those friday nights and making me play a bad game is hilarious you can help push that line today if you want will it be free to play says capono i think one of the primary challenges to my theory about that, you know, oh, let's attach it to The Last of Us Part 2 Remaster or Director's Cut, is it wouldn't be free to play. Han shot first, and so did you, Cristiano Souza, gifts the first member of the day. Thank you so much for being the first. Welcome back. Joker Quinn, he beat you by like 10 seconds. 
Second gifted member of the day comes from Joker Quinn and Ragnarok. We got a bit of a little little members train going here. Thank you guys so much. Three members already. You guys can keep it going. If you got gifted a member, make sure and say thank you to the people who have gifted those memberships. If you can afford your own membership and you just got gifted one, you can pay it forward. Gift one to somebody else. Thank you guys so much for being here and doing all those things. If you can't afford a membership, smash like, hit subscribe, talk in the chat. Those are great ways to get involved, be a part of what we're doing. That does increase the likelihood of getting a membership. I am going to check fan funding to make sure I didn't miss anything during the show open. Okay, I did not. Thank you so much. If you guys ever do a super chat or a gifted member during the opening monologue, I won't see it, so I have to go back and check later. Now, did Bungie comment about Naughty Dog's factions or about Destiny factions? So the Last of Us Part 2 was going to include factions. Okay? And then in September of 2019, they said, listen, Patrick Q keeps the member train going and he gifts one and takes us to four. They said, listen, this has grown beyond just a mode. And it, it, we want to maintain both visions for The Last of Us Part 2 and for The Last of Us Factions 2. We want to maintain both visions. And so they basically kick Factions 2 out of the game and they say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to launch this later as its own thing. We don't hear anything for quite a while. And then the 2021, there were some job postings. 2022 at Summer Game Fest, they show off some concept art. And then they show some more concept art in January of 2023. There's some interviews. Neil Druckmann says it's like their most ambitious thing they've ever done, right? Then we find out in May of this year from Bloomberg that they're facing setbacks. That Bungie's like, hey, we're we're questioning the longevity, the long viability of this. So they basically pumped the brakes on the project. And according to that report, they were even shifting people to other things. In the wake of that article, Naughty Dog's like, hey, we have to have more time for this game. So they made an official post. In that official post, they also indicated they were working on a brand new single-player experience. Happy birthday, bro. What are you, like 40? My birthday's tomorrow, Derek. I think you're a step ahead in Korea. I will be 42. And yes, thank you. Happy birthday uh, to you in a month as well. You're a month out from yours. My birthday's tomorrow, guys. He's in Korea, so I think he's just ahead uh, by you know half a day or whatever. I can't find an article about Bungie being consulted anywhere. It was in the original Bloomberg article. Yeah, it was in, it was, it was, uh, J- Jason Schreier. It was May of this year. It was something like, Bun- um, uh, Last of Us Factions 2 faces setbacks. Something to that effect was the, uh, the headline. We, we covered it. A bunch of outlets covered it. If you can't find it, I know, I don't know. Do your best to search about that. It was like facing setbacks or something. Bungie was officially hired by, I'm not not hired. They were purchased by PlayStation in order to basically oversee live service games. They're going to help establish the uh, Center for Live Service Excellence. And there was a onboarding process. They weren't going to do it right away. You're two years older than me, looking good. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, I meant the time. Oh, I'm not, we're not talking about that today. Hey, little, I think it's worth noting that Naughty Dog is not new to rebooting games and DLC suffering from scope creep. Uncharted 4 got rebooted mid-dev and came out fine. Also, Lost Legacy got spun up. 
Well, and that's the thing. I know people are irritated, but my take is as simple as this. If they say they need more time, then give them more time. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, why would we not? Why would you think they're lying to us, right? Like, oh, no, we need more time. They're like, no, you don't. Just give it to us. I mean, there's no way that that's going to result in something good. Anytime, like, look at what happened this year. You 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 had the director of... Star Wars Jedi Survivor saying that they could have taken more time, but they knew the amount of time that they took was enough. And I'm like, okay, but it clearly wasn't because Jedi Survivor launched with problems. So why would you not want them to, to, to make more time? And then the idea that like, well, Bungie has no right to say anything because Destiny's not doing great right now. Or, you know, Bungie missed their revenue targets by 45%. Bungie has no right. Okay, they're nine years in. Nine. Right? Bungie never said Naughty Dog needs more time. I didn't say that. You're not doing a very good job of listening. I made it crystal clear, brother, that Naughty Dog came out and said they needed more time and that Bloomberg reported Bungie questioned the longevity or the long viability. Would the game last, essentially? Would it go the distance? Those are the two things that I have said. They're very distinct and very different statements. Bloomberg establishes, okay, that Bungie questioned the long-term viability of Factions 2. Naughty Dog officially tweeted and said the game needs more time. In that tweet, they also said they were working on a new single-player game. So you're, you're, you're twisting things up. I never indicated that Bungie said they needed more time. I think when they question the long-term viability of a live service game, somebody somewhere made the decision to say, well, then let's stop and reassess. Right? Let's stop. Let's look at the foundations of the game and make sure we're building the right game. Because if they continue as is and then you launch it and then it fails, listen, if PlayStation wants to step out into live service, you can't step out with one of your most well known pieces of property and have it fail. That would not work. That would basically make everybody doubt whether or not PlayStation can successfully launch live service games. Everyone would essentially say, if you can't even do it with The Last of Us, what what on earth? Why would we trust you? Why would we, why would we get in support and get behind and buy into any of your live service games? Not to mention, they've already hurt The Last of Us on on PC by doing the port. If you, I mean, if you think about it, right? Like, if you're trying to convince people to come in and and play your la- your your live service game. Last thing you want to do is do another another negative blemish or like a blow to your one of your biggest brands. Does that make sense? You can't be serious there's more info for GTA 6. Yeah, I'm not talking about GTA 6 because there's nothing to say yet. I I'm 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 talking about the Last of Us Factions 2 allegedly is still in development according to the director. I know people are very excited about GTA. They announced this morning there will be a trailer uh in December and Jason Schreier sort of blew the lid off of that. I think like hours before, maybe it was last night, saying that they were going to be making an announcement this week about a trailer or something in December. That's not what today's topic is. There's nothing to say really other than what I just said. That's kind of it. So 
I don't I don't dismiss people for wanting to ask questions about other things, but that's like a completely separate subject entirely. Not even it's not even tangentially related to what we're talking about today. Another factor they'll no doubt is a uh, slow dev is the possibility that TLU online will likely be launching on PC and PS5 given the PC launch of part 1. I imagine that's a wrench too. Right, cuz we don't know why that happened we can have i mean we have our theories right we we have our theories that they were trying to capitalize on the popularity of the tv show so they shoved out the port well before it was ready they hired somebody that you're not they should not have hired to help what iron galaxy we don't know what capacity iron galaxy worked on the game we have no idea there was no ownership um at all on on that topic like they didn't really say at all what was going on so tlu is probably their most precious brand right now they need to be careful to protect it eugene says i'm hoping for a portion of factions in a tlu to director's cut it fits perfectly in as a director's cut material that was in my show opening monologue eugene i said listen one of my theories is is that the last of us Factions 2 lands inside the Last of Us 2 Director's Cut or the remaster or whatever we end up getting, you know, next year. Or Creature seems to think that the Last of Us Part 2 remaster or Director's Cut or whatever they end up calling it, he thinks that'll land in 2025 in conjunction with the um, the next season of The Last of Us. Bungie is useless. I would not call a live service game that's made it nine years useless. Um, I would understand why you might be frustrated as a player. I would understand why you might think they're not doing a good job. I I do not like the company at all, but I would never say they're useless. Um, I actually think most of my disdain for them is upper management, is leadership, is people that are driving a toxic culture of of things that they've done but that doesn't mean that they don't know or they don't have data or info on how to do live service gothmog i gotta say i hate that you have the wrong avatar by the way gothmog is lord of the balrog not some silly character in a movie that they i i just have to say it all right (laughs) i saw your name this morning i was like oh gothmog lord of the bar oh no never mind (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Witch Queen Lieutenant or whatever. Lord of the Balrogs, way cooler, bro. Anyway, uh, my second account was bugging. Sadly, when the convo has been going good. Your second account wasn't bugging. You kept asking the same question over and over again after we've asked you to not talk about a completely separate subject. You just kept asking about Grand Theft Auto 6. We, we don't have anything to say. I answered you. I said, listen, we don't know much. This is all we know. And then you continued to bring it up. So, I, you know, don't come in on a secondary account. You didn't get banned. You only got timed out. So. I'm going to fight you so much about this. Capitalize on the TV show. They really released the game six months before the show. Then delayed the PC port out of the TV show's last episode release date. So, Crinab, they saw a bump in sales for the game every week an episode debuted, and the PC port came out after the show was over, and you don't think it was rushed 
so that they could try to time it with the TV show. You don't think that it lands right after the show concludes. Clearly wasn't ready, right? Now, this is Gothmog, the orc from Sauron's army. The real Gothmog is Lord of the Balrog, bro. That's the real, that's, that's, that's the real guy. He literally leads a, an, like a group of Balrog, bro. That that guy there is is not the real ball is not the real goth it's not the it's not the, the real good goth mog right <laughs> the better goth mog anyways <clears throat> all right let's just do this logic dictates that they'll do that but Tlu two is not needed hope Lono can find time to try Last of Us two amazing game. Well, and that's the thing. I was thinking that I would wait for the remaster, but if Creature's right and we don't see that show up until the second season of The Last of Us, I don't want to wait that long. The First Age Gothmog, and then there's a battle of Gondor Gothmog. Yeah, the First Age Gothmog is better. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. I'm giving you, I'm just giving you grief that the First Age Gothmog is better. I was thinking you would pick the superior, okay? You know? Lord of the Balrogs, bro! <laughs> Lord of the Balrogs, bro! <laughs> Come down in a bubble! Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I agree, t 2 is dope. Yeah, I've wanted to play it. I've wanted to play it. I've wanted, I've wanted to play... Uh, I actually want to play part one. Because I played the original Last of Us forever ago. I borrowed my brother's PlayStation 3 to play The Last of Us 1. And I want to play the remake so badly because I started it and I was loving it. I was like, oh my gosh, Like this looks like a next-gen game. It's just beautiful. Super well-crafted. I skipped the remaster because I didn't have a reason to replay it I had played it I borrowed a PlayStation 3 from my brother so I didn't get back into PlayStation until PlayStation 4 with the Spider-Man combo right because I wanted to play Spider-Man and so I played Spider-Man and I played God of War so I really wanted to play The Last of Us Part 1 remake and then go to Last of Us Part 2 Lono, do you think it was smart of Naughty Dog to not reveal the name of their Last of Us multiplayer game? Seems to me, as time goes on, negative rumors stir. It was wise to move for SEO optimization. Oh, you mean you don't think they'll call it Factions? You think they'll call it, like, The Last of Us, what, I don't know, Online, The Last of Us Survival, something like that? You think it'll fall under a completely different name? The only reason I'm, I don't know. I think there's wisdom to that. I think there's foolishness to that. There's wisdom in the fact that you could like completely, you know, avoid some of what is considered like bad press at this point. But also that's what everybody's calling it. (laughs) That's what everybody's calling it. The Last of Us, Factions 2. Factions 2. The Last of Us, 2. Factions. Like, I don't know. I don't know about that. So Derek is responsible for the ponification of Lono? No, that would be Xbox's fault. (laughs) That would be Xbox's fault. (laughs) Had nothing to do with that. It really didn't. They'll definitely not call it Factions for sure. Okay, so you think they're going to abandon the name entirely. They'll just launch something. It'll be multiplayer. 
but it won't be under factions. I'm partially responsible. The PS3 was donated to my video game club at school, and the original Tilu was my friend's request so I could teach her how to play games. The gunfights in Last of Us 2 were sick. Uh, Bungie could never make a game like Last of Us. Yeah, there he is. There's Gothmog, Lord of the Balrog. There he is, dude. Freaking awesome. I mean, I do, again, I don't think the idea that, like, you know, Bungie could never make a game like Tilu. Well, apparently Naughty Dog can't make a game like Destiny. Like, everybody has their core competencies. The gunplay in Destiny is remarkable. It's a live service game. This debate is bewildering to me. It's a live service game that's made it nine years. How do you think they did that? How? I've seen some pretty reductionist takes on the success of Destiny. Like, well, it's only because of there are fans of Halo. What? So for nine years, like Halo fans are like, I just, I really like Bungie. No, that's not the success of Destiny and its ability to last nine years as a live service game is because they, their backs were against the wall numerous times. They had make or break moments and they have launched good content. You know, even take this under consideration. Yo, what's good feed? I see you in the chat. Guys, we're about a half an hour into the stream. Let's smash that like button. Let's get to 200 likes. Let's give some members. We're not trying to get feed on that account anymore. That account's messed up, but we are trying to get to 3,500 members. So that way I have to play the King Kong game if you guys want to make me play. If you can't do a membership chat, hit like, hit subscribe. Those are free and they help out the channel, but they help out you as well. You're more likely to get a gifted. So... Consider this angle with Destiny as it relates to the Last of Us Factions 2, okay? This is related. Destiny, at its one of its peak times, one of its more praised times, had other companies doing things for them. High Moon Studios and Vicarious Visions. Vicarious Visions has been absorbed. Those people are kind of still around, but as an entity, VV is no more. But High Moon Studios is still around. High Moon Studios recently worked on Modern Warfare 3 Zombies with Treyarch and Sledgehammer. Okay? So, track with me here. So, Bungie knows that in order to maintain content rhythm of a live service game, you might have to outsource bandwidth. They've done it. They outsourced a certain amount. They were able to then work on other things. So while Vicarious Visions was working on the Menagerie for Destiny 2, Bungie was able to work on the next big thing. Does that make sense? So it's kind of like, I'm going to have you work on the driveway so that we can move on to the next house and start laying the foundation for something bigger. Right? That's called typically... In the construction world, that would be like subcontracting, okay? So instead of expanding your own crew, you hire another crew to do something more menial. You're like, well, we we, we, we need to move on. So Bungie's able to move on to like the next big thing, the next big expansion, and then they have Vicarious Visions work on something like the Menagerie, season of, I believe that was Opulence, okay? They did that. 
and they learned lessons from that. They had things successfully launched. They had things fail. They had things go well. They've had player base numbers go up and down and up and then way down. They've had interest go down. They're able to come to the table and say, oh yeah, you're going to do X, Y, and Z. No, see, no, we did that. No, you, that that's going to cause problems for you. Oh yeah, okay, so this right here, yeah, this is a good idea. We we did something similar to this, and this this really helped. GTA 6 is announced. Uh, they did not say GTA 6. They said there'll be an announcement in December with a trailer, and it will likely be GTA 6, but that's all we know right now. Thank you. Uh, just because Bungie is down bad right now, let's not erase history and conveniently forget their previous two IPs, Halo, uh, Destiny, were absolutely industry-changing. Power Boss says, here's a thought. The new game uh, Factions 2 director announced. Do you think it'll be the Tlu universe or try to be its own standalone new game? His Twitter account says that he's the director on the Last of Us multiplayer game. I believe that was the phrase. It's not online game. It's the Last of Us multiplayer game, isn't it? Here's his, here's his account. What's his username? Phoenix Kuhn? Phoenix Kun? Something like that. K-U-N. Vinix K-U-N is, is, is his username. So let's get his exact, his exact description here is game director at Naughty Dog on last, on the last of us online project. The last of us online project is what he is. That's, that's, that's what he's, he's referring to himself as. So, I don't know if they're going to make it not be in The Last of Us. That'd be really weird if they suddenly were like, yeah, it has nothing to do with The Last of Us, not in The Last of Us universe. What would it be attached to? Does that make sense? Hey, whoa, I've got a bunch of emails. Hey, somebody ordered some coffee about 12 minutes ago. Helix Music ordered a bag of light roast. Thank you so, so much. You guys are the absolute best. Thank you very, very, very much. We are... What is this? What? Oh, it's some... Somehow my... I'm getting emails for my old business. (laughs) Like, do you need lead management software? No, I I don't. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? No. You know, I don't. Bungie had help from Microsoft. You think they'll do a spinoff? I don't... I mean, even if they do a spinoff, it'll be in the Last of Us universe. Just because that's his current title doesn't mean he can't be working on multiple projects. Okay. You understand that he literally tweeted and said, yes, I'm still working on that game. And his title is Game Director. Game directors don't wear, like, multiple hats for multiple projects, typically. That's, like, what he's doing right now, okay? There's no reason to speculate, oh, he might be working on something else, okay? That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about an alleged potential reality that he might be doing. We don't have any clues, any rumors, any hints, any leaks that he's working on anything else. Now, we know that they're working on a brand new single-player game, they announced that in their in their tweet like they announced that when they said that the last of us online factions thing needed more time 
So I, I don't think there's any reason to be like, oh, but the director might be working on something else. He he specifically tweeted that, you know, yes, I'm still working on this. And that's what's in his Twitter bio. I, there's no reason to speculate beyond that pretty, I think, basic interpretation of his comments that the game's still being worked on. That what what we have speculated is well well how's it going to show up then what's it going to even look like is it is are, are they just are they working on it right now at a foundational level my personal theory is the reason they moved people the reason they moved people to other projects this was reported back on like Bloomberg reported on they were shuffling people off of this project the reason that it was described as on ice the reason that they laid off. Uh, 25 contract workers, most of whom most of whom were quality assurance QA department. Okay, I think the reason they did that is they're essentially restarting. That's what I think. We thought the game was canceled. I don't think we ever thought the game was canceled. I said that it could head to being canceled. Said, so listen, when you're moving people off and you're starting all the way over, they might decide to cancel it. You know, I had somebody tell me that I said it had been canceled. It's like I never said it was canceled. I entertain the idea that it might be canceled. They might decide to cancel it. But as far as we could tell, it had been put on hiatus. Now, my theory is, is that while it's on hiatus, you don't have your engineers and your developers just like sitting around. You don't need QA people because there's nothing to test. I think they're rebooting. I think they're restarting it. I think it's like a soft reboot, soft reset. That's what I think. And... That could lead to, as I said, one of three possibilities. Okay, it ends up, it ends up coming out as they intended. They want, they want this to be its own standalone live service game. That's possibility number one. Possibility number two is they bake it into the Last of Us Two remaster or the Last of Us Two director's cut, whatever that ends up being, or they bake it into the Last of Us Part Three. You know what I mean? Um. Somebody, uh, there was this too. I don't think this dev makes this tweet if Schreier's article was off base. I don't think this dev makes this tweet if the article was off base. Maybe next time he writes an article about a studio without a single name source, think about how much he loves clicks and take his stories with a grain of salt. But I don't understand is why it sounds like the guy is saying that he take what he says with a grain of salt. It sounds like he's saying Schreier's article is off base. It's not about anything in particular, just encouraging folks to use their heads and follow their hearts. You're referring to the article about the multiplayer project. So you think that developer is saying Schreier's reporting about the last of us factions and naughty dogs off base. What's interesting to me is why wouldn't they just come out and say that 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 article was not accurate? They all took to Twitter that day. Developers took to Twitter saying, let us cook. Naughty Dog took to Twitter to officially announce they needed more time and to officially announce they were working on another completely new single-player game. You know? Somebody's asking about yesterday's... The yesterday's stream was muted for like 20 to 30 minutes. I used copyrighted music. Yes. So Spotify does this thing called... There's shuffle, and then there's like 
shuffle recommend or something and I turned that off it somehow got turned on and what they do is is they recommend um, they recommend songs in your queue so instead of it just being my copyright free playlist that I have selected very carefully from a from a reputable source yeah it's like enhanced shuffle or something so what it does is is it adds other songs to your queue so yesterday I had songs in my queue that were not copyright free so what happened was is I have to mute those sections or I can't monetize the video I was inc- I was fuming mad I was so furious it's like you, there's no reason to do that I I absolutely despise features like that bro it's like you you're messing with my money now because that affects the discoverability of the video that affects how YouTube views your channel you start using copyrighted music and you can you can get yourself in like a YouTube's like well don't recommend the videos don't put them in search because this guy's this guy's running copyrighted material you know we can't monetize the video so the minute that happens your channel and your video can get treated pretty poorly so I was very angry we have solved the issue it should not happen today just in case i can see every song that's playing i can see my cue i can double check it to make sure it never gets turned on again so i i'm i'm irritated because it happened at a couple of points in time where we're having like a really good discussion so i just read the game pass in japan quadrupled its subscribers yeah we already covered that we covered that uh yesterday i cited that statistic in that interview uh, yesterday that has nothing to do with today's topic never played factions why is it so popular tlu games are amazing for whatever reason the original tlu game uh the original tlu game they basically uh, had this like factions game you know included in the uh they, they had it included in the base game and it like became like a like a, a cult hit with the with the audience i never played it because i like i said i borrowed my brother's playstation 3 to play the last of us part one i at the time was primarily on xbox and uh and pc uh d- d- no need uh for the oh who what's brian saying someone's in here who playstation dudes hate the fact that microsoft to compete to a PlayStation out of the console space like Sega Division, you can't possibly believe that that's going to happen. You you can't possibly believe that's going to happen. If you think that Microsoft has plans to push PlayStation out of the console space, Xbox is barely in the console space, brother, and I don't think they have any intent and they don't have any intentions to push harder into it. I, and I don't think that has anything to do with the discussion again today. I think the topic today is whether or not PlayStation can successfully launch live service games. And I think Last of Us Factions was going to be one of the first test cases. You know, Factions was not that popular. People are just talking about it a lot because they think it is the basis for the new TLU multiplayer game. You, I've always been told that The Last of Us Factions was surprisingly popular. Nobody's saying that The Last of Us Factions was like blowing the doors off, but I think it was surprisingly popular. They did not expect it to garner the support and the engagement that it got. 
nobody's saying it was pulling like Fortnite numbers, but I think what they saw was, oh, we, we, we should invest in this. This, this did really well. That's true. However, long-term vision, Microsoft can can spend PlayStation out of gaming. I don't think that they can. They said they couldn't in email, but I don't think you can do that when you're consistently not not saturating the market with hardware. They're going to have to try to saturate the market with services. And I don't think that ever puts them out. I don't think you can outspend a company that's not competing with what you offer. If you become a cloud-based ecosystem service-based platform, I don't think you could like outspend Nintendo or outspend PlayStation. I don't think they're competing on those fronts anymore. So you then I'm saying you can't really outspend. That doesn't that doesn't that doesn't connect. I don't see those things connecting. I see them going in a completely different route. Time Splitters developer Free Radical Design threatened with closure by Embracer. Andy Robinson just reported. Oh, Andy Robinson just reported that. Yeah, Embracer had a deal go belly up on them, and they're having to recoup a lot of their a lot of their losses by uh, foreclosing. They even said they were open to potentially, I think, like what's like selling Gearbox or something. I have a theory that they're also freeing up capital to make some purchases next year. Personally, I think next year is going to be a pretty big buying year, and Embracer Group's trying to get ready. My benchmark for TLU factions would be something like Gears multiplayer at that time. Again, I think the comparison would be slightly unfair because at that point in time, Gears had been around. So when did when did when did TLU let's get a timeline here. The Last of Us 1 release. All right. 2022. Gears of War 1 release was 2015. So they had a seven-year head start as an IP. Gears of War has this seven-year head start. So when... um, Wait, that's the wrong date. I'm I'm an idiot. Hang on a second. That's not right. The Last of Us Part 1 original release date. Not this freaking last freaking year. Hang on a minute. Stupid Google. Stupid Google! Last of Us Part 1. Last of Us 1 release. The original release. It won't give me the original release. What was the original freaking release? Was it like 2017? Because that was when I borrowed the PlayStation 3. Last of Us 1 PS3 release. 2014. Okay, now we have a date. No, 2013. Good golly. When you keep re-releasing your dadgum games, Gears of War 1 release. Okay. Gears of War 1 looks like it released in 2006. Is this what this is saying? Okay. Hey, look at that. Seven years. We we still get to say what, we, what I said. It's still a seven-year gap. We got lucky. We got lucky. Okay, so 2013 for TLU 1. It looks like Gears of War lands as an exclusive on the 360 in November of 2006. So 2006 to 2013 okay we're still dealing with a seven year head start so i i lucked into that (laughs) i i I lucked into that all right so if that's the case and 
you've got an established brand, you're going to have people. So at the time in 2013, when The Last of Us comes out and they have this factions included, comparing it to Gears of War PvP would be unfair. It's like, well, you've been out for seven years. You've been out for seven years. So of course you you're, you have a more established base. Of course you have more people playing. You know? all What are all, uh, all Gears of War... Uh, Gears of War releases. Let's see if we can get like what Gears would have been out that year. Uh, Gears 2 was already uh, out. Gears of War 3 was out in 2011. And then Gears of War 4 came out in 2016. So 2011 Gears 3. Gears 4 is 2016. In the middle of that is 2013 when The Last of Us comes out. Right? So, I I would think that, yes, Gears is going to have a, a better player pool, a larger player pool, you know, more people uh, are playing it. If that's the case, then when you come to a game like The Last of Us that primarily set itself out there to be a single player, no, Judgment came out, oh no, yeah, Gears of War Judgment came out in 2013, sorry, it's sitting here staring me right in the face. Gears, yeah, Gears of War Judgment came out in 2013. So Gears of War Judgment comes out 2013, same, you know, same time as The Last of Us. The point is, is that there's a history there and a successful franchise already running. And Gears at that time had been, I would imagine, improving upon, making better, growing it, you know, expanding it. I don't know which one it was that I played. I played a Gears of War that had beast mode. And I loved playing as a boomer. That was like one of my favorite things. I don't remember which one that was. I just remember loving playing through... I I remember loving playing through a Gears of War campaign co-op with my buddy. And then we loved Beast Mode. I believe is what it was called. I think it was called Beast Mode. Uh, We loved it. Yeah, they had a four-game head start. So I think the reason Naughty Dog responded to The Last of Us Factions and the reason people say The Last of Us Factions was popular, you have to look at it in context. You can't be like, well, it wasn't popular in comparison to this already established franchise. Well, uh, nobody, nobody's claiming that, right? If some band starts growing in popularity, you can't be like, well, but they're not popular in comparison to Taylor Swift. And it was like, well, of course not. An established household name, right? Love Tay-Tay. But like, you can't compare some band that's like rising in promise or whatever. So at the time, yes, you could probably point to other games that were more popular or had better player bases or whatever. But The Last of Us Factions was, I believe, it was like a surprise even to Naughty Dog that even even comparing, I think, to other single-player games at the time, I would say that not a lot of games successfully did that. There were some Far Cries. Which one was it? Was it Far Cry 3 that had multiplayer? I remember I went to a land party locally here at U of L in their like gymnasium, and people were playing a multiplayer version of Far Cry, and I think it was three. I would say that that is why they backed it. Like I don't think anybody's tried to establish this foundational idea that like The Last of Us Factions was one of the most popular games ever. It's like, 
no, there was a level of popularity that warranted them investing in it. Add to the equation, add to the equation that from the end of 2017 into 2019 where they made their announcement, for those, for that year and a half long period, for that almost two year period, Fortnite is blowing the world to pieces. People like, what on earth? Where did this come from? So, the the idea is born that you can launch a mode and make tons of money. You, you can launch a Battle Royale, a map. The map never changes. I mean, it's changed a bunch now, but at the time, it never changed. You go in, it's one map. And, and there was one mode. Battle Royale, you could play solos, duos, squads. I believe at the time, Vanilla Fortnite, that's basically what you got. And people looked at that and thought, wow, maybe there's a trend that we can tap in. Right? I see Lono as a Swift. As a Swifty. How can you not? How can you not be? She's fantastic. I don't, I, I've always thought she was great. I've never understood the hate for Tay-Tay. Listen, the, the point I'm making is, is that there was a progression here internally where they said, look, we've got a mode that our audience loved. Like, we didn't think it was going to be this popular. Let's make this bigger and better. While they're making it bigger and better, Fortnite throws out a battle royale that takes over the world. It's like, wow, We what if we did something like that? What if we made the map larger? What if we made the the amount of players higher what do you then just launch it by itself that's what i think they ultimately decided i'm not saying they were trying to copy fortnite i think the popularity of fortnite influenced decision making it's a lot of studios we saw a lot of people try to tap into the battle royale market you saw respawn pivot away from titanfall 3 and decided to secretly build a battle royale called apex legends and buddy, they're lucky they pulled that off or they'd have gotten shut down because that's not what they were supposed to be doing, right? If you've ever seen any of the interviews about that, it's remarkable. The stones on that company, man, to do that. It's, I kind of respect it. Point being, Fortnite impacted the world. It impacted the dev world. It impacted gamers. You say loved. It's loves because it's not been shut down. The factions mode is still active on the OG game. You can still find full lobbies instantly. That has always been crazy to me. I remember talking to a guy recently and he said that he still played on Call of Duty 2 servers and they had everything set the way that they wanted. My memory of Call of Duty 2 was there were a lot of modded servers you could like play on. And he said he still has a group of guys and they love playing. And if any if anything ever gets messed with, if anything ever gets messed with, they all complain. They're like, leave it alone. This is what we like. Leave it be. If you want changes, if you want new stuff, you know, go go play go play a different version somewhere else. The corporate world is just one giant uh, incestuous tapestry. So, I mean what what Shelly is saying is is that, you know, factions is still active today. You can still find lobbies on PS3 and PS4. Right. And I would say that if 
when you have something like that, it's it makes perfectly good sense to say, let's try to tap into this. I personally think if Naughty Dog would have just built another mode, they'd have been okay. If they would have just included it in The Last of Us 2 and just built a mode where maybe they made it cooler, newer, bigger, whatever, that I think they'd have been fine. I think the mistake they made was they tried to step into a world where they have no experience. Ongoing games... Right, ongoing games, live service games. Listen, if you don't, if you don't know how to build that, if you've never built one of those games, then I I don't think you can venture into that into that landscape without plenty of research and expertise. And I think that's where Bungie comes in. I think PlayStation sensed that at some point. Whether it was Jim Ryan or whether it was somebody else, somebody realized and said, listen, if, if we're going to step into this landscape, look at how many games are trying this and just utterly failing. Just completely and utterly failing. We can't do this on our own. We need somebody else. This is the thing. The reason nobody knows about the first mode is because it was a tacked on thing. So it was overshadowed, and so the standalone gives it a chance to stand on its own. Of course! But it also gives it a lot of opportunity to fall flat on its face. They say they want to give it a story and characters, so it remains to be seen how they intend to blend all that in. I think Tlu multiplayer would best be done as kills and king of the hill, but overall gameplay is too slow for multiplayer things otherwise. I actually don't know if I agree with you. Kills and king of the hill has been done before. I think their best course of action with The Last of Us Factions 2 or The Last of Us Multiplayer, I would say the best course of action is to lean into the survival elements lean into what made Division 1 survival so enjoyable the idea that you're not just fighting others you're fighting you're fighting PvE enemies you're fighting you need stuff you got to survive right you got you got to look you got to look and 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 gather materials i think if they were to lean into more of a survival element like we saw in the division survival mode i think that makes it more unique if it's just another game with kills and King of the Hill, like, okay, how many games are out there where that's basically what you do? Like, okay, what's the goal of the game? Kill the other players. Okay, is that it? Yeah, that's pretty much it. How do you win? Uh, you know, you want to be the last person alive. It's like, oh, all, all, all right. I mean, I've I, I played this game eight times already this week. It's called Fortnite. It's called PUBG. It's called Warzone. It's called H1Z1. It's called <laughs> it's called Apex Legends. In my opinion, if you really want to engage people, you launch it as part of the Last of Us 2 director's cut. You give it to 10 million plus TLU 2 owners. You give them an upgrade path. No more than 40 bucks. And you launch it as full price for new. I think if they do a Last of Us 2 director's cut, I actually think they should do that instead of a remaster. I think they might dodge a lot of the criticism and hate. 
just do a Last of Us Part 2 director's cut and let people who already own the Last of Us Part 2 let them upgrade for $10 folks like myself would buy the whole thing brand new I don't own the Last of Us Part 2 I'd buy the whole thing but if you already own it you would upgrade for $10 same way they did it with Ghost of Tsushima director's cut and then you bake in you bake the multiplayer thing into it and then if it's good or it does well or you get good feedback or you get good info or what have you well now you can maybe launch it separately standalone free to play give legacy players or people that paid for it a bunch of free stuff as a thank you hey in order for this game to be successful we have to do free to play as a standalone launch but those of you that bought the director's cut or originally bought The Last of Us Part 2, we're going to give you a bunch of cool in-game stuff because you've been here since the beginning. And there's the layup from Raptor. Five out of 25. We'll see if any of the big boys are in chat waiting to drop that 20 bomb. Thank you so much. Setting it up with a nice score there. Very much, Raptor. And it goes to Jesse. Ghost of Tsushima Legends wasn't free to play. I'm not saying that it was free to play. What I'm saying is, is you would just do something similar. I'm not saying it's a one-to-one comparison. I'm just saying something similar to... I I actually was more talking about how Ghost of Tsushima did Director's Cut, and you would do something similar this time in that you could pay $10. I know that Legends was included for free to those that own Ghost of Tsushima, and then they sold Legends separately to anybody who wanted that instead of the main game. So I wasn't saying that it was it was a one-to-one. I was just making a remark about, I think it would be better to say, look, let's not do a Last of Us 2 remaster. Let's do a Last of Us Part 2 director's cut. I missed a super chat. I am so sorry. A $2 super chat from True SSJ Havoc. Why are we talking about uh, Microsoft, you weirdos? Thank you for the two spot. Um, mag online again could possibly be crazy if well done they could make it free to play down the line but given it'll have some crazy kind of story I think they'll be going the expansion route where chapters get added or something well what they could do is they could do the chapters or the or, or the or the additive story elements as seasonal content are there historical examples of using a single player IP and pivoting to try to bring in a PvP crowd with it I'm struggling to understand the overlap between audiences. I don't know if there's an overlap between audiences, Zubair. I think it's like people loved Call of Duty and then pivoted into PvP. People loved Halo and then pivoted into PvP. People loved Doom and then pivoted into PvP. Like, the history of PvP games, seemingly, a lot of the times, they are hitched to the wagon of a game that had the single-player draw. And then... PvP came after. So I don't know if you're going to see this sort of like, oh, we we, we want to get multiplayer people in here. You know? They're bringing in Last of Us PvP players. Right. They're bringing in fans of The Last of Us. Yeah, it looks like YouTube may have... Yeah, YouTube's having a problem. Um... Our viewership just dropped by 250 people, according to my dashboard. If you guys are having to refresh, if something's going on on YouTube, um, 
that that's not me. I haven't had a single blip or stutter. My bitrate's solid. I have a good connection to the ingest servers. So if you're having to refresh, I apologize. That's not on my end. YouTube has made some changes recently, and sometimes it causes issues. Guys, do me a favor while that's happening. Make sure and smash a like button. We are over an hour into the broadcast. Let's set our sights on 300 likes. If you haven't hit like yet, it does help out the video. Uh, if you want to become a member, hit the join button. That's five bucks. If you want to gift a member, same deal. Thank you guys so much uh, for being here. Everything froze, popped up again. Yeah, they must be having something on the front end, actually, not the back end, because the back end, I, I have a good connection. Uh, Motorstorm or Twisted Metal could easily have been great games as a service games. Add new maps, tracks, modes, weapons, and characters over time. Here's here's my thought on this, right? I figured we might end up on the whole, you know, PlayStation's live service push. You know, we might end up talking about this. My thought process on this is they should be looking to do ongoing game models that are not hugely dependent on having a player funnel. I think that's that's one of the biggest dilemmas is that if it's a huge... If there's this massive dependency on, yeah, you got to have a full player funnel... I, that that's that's really really difficult but if you can build a really really good ongoing game and in the midst of building that really really good ongoing game you're primarily ushering out content rhythm to generate revenue to generate ongoing engagements but if I can enjoy the game even if the player pool's kind of going up and down I think that might be a better method. I don't think every live service game would want to do this. There are live service games where it makes perfectly good sense for it to be dependent upon a player pool, whether it's a PvP game or like an MMO style game where you need lots of people playing. But I really do think that if you're going to build a game that is, as I said, if it's heavily dependent on having a full player funnel then you're you're going to potentially run into trouble because now it's a matter of maintaining momentum and like community rhythmic engagements and i think that's difficult i think that's more difficult than just coming up with a good content plan that you think people will support pay for and buy into I don't know. I think I think the whole I think the whole idea is fraught with challenges and problems. I think you immediately make it more difficult if you're like, yeah, we need people playing all of the time. You need people playing all of the time. Okay. People need to understand that factions was pretty popular in a console not known for multiplayer games. If you build it, they will come. They may not stay, though. That's pretty much the model of live service, right? If you build it, they will come, but they might not stay. And I think that's the, that's really that that's really that I think the giant challenge is getting people. I wouldn't even necessarily say stay. I think it's getting people to come back, right? Getting people to come back, I think, is is where the real challenge lies. Severely. 
if you guys can hear me and you're not one of the people dealing with trouble make sure you have smash like make sure you guys are contributing to the chat you know stay involved when youtube is doing this we can soften the blow of what it does to the video and our standing on the platform by uh, you know, smashing smashing like is the best is the best thing to do right now. If you haven't done so already, at the very least, just make sure you're 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 staying engaged. I don't know what's going on. The, the everything the, I've never seen it do this before. Xanatos with 15 months and a Reforge writer getting access to the writers room segment. I'd like a game mode where you can be the two different factions, but also let a player base be oh let a player be the infected. What happened? I have no idea. I have never seen it do this. I've never seen 200 viewer fluctuations. I've, I've, it's never been like this before. There's, they're doing, they must be doing something new. Um, they, they recently did a bunch of updates to the front end UI, and I just got some updates uh, yesterday to the back end as well. There's new things I can do now, and I think whenever they do that, it just causes instability. Um, I've unlocked a new superpower. I can plug in a USB device without checking if I got right side up. That is a pretty good superpower. No issues on my end. Helix, uh, thanks so much for that coffee order earlier. If you didn't hear me shout you out, I greatly appreciate it. Lono froze earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And we are going to be going to a premiere in about an hour. We have about an hour left in the broadcast. So if you guys want to make sure we hit our daily goal of 25, every 25, I give five back to the community. You guys can help us with that. Gift a couple or a bunch, whatever you can. And the video today is about, apparently, PlayStation's getting an exclusive from FromSoft. And obviously, everybody thinks it is... uh... (laughs) Obviously, everybody thinks... It's Bloodborne, and it's not Bloodborne, <laughs> but but I have a premiere today about that, so make sure you stick around for that. What about making factions multiplayer a game style like Dead by Daylight? No, I don't think you would want to pivot to a completely different game type. I think what you would want to do is you would try to keep it within the vein of what they've done in the past. You wouldn't want to completely revamp and be like, oh yeah, it's, uh, it's like Dead by Daylight. I think you'd want to keep it close. I think you'd want to keep it close to what they had done before. There's always a risk when you're like, "Hey, let's um, let's evolve the Last of Us factions too. Let's evolve it and get it, you know, get it into a spot to potentially, you know, get more people playing or something." And if you create basically another game type, that's what people would likely say. You know. They would say, "Listen, man, what, what, what on earth? What, why, why'd you do this? Why'd you make it like Dead by Daylight? Like that would be, I think the the the, the primary concern. You know, I saw people talking like, why would From work on exclusive after Elden Ring? Yeah, I mean, I could see not wanting to do an exclusive after that, but we'll have to talk about that in the premiere. Save your comments and thoughts for the premiere and the debrief. I was just letting you know that that's that's the video coming. We don't want to we don't want to hijack today's discussion. We'll, 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 you, there's plenty of time to talk about that. That's coming. Anybody played Tlu on PC recently that can speak to performance? It's still on my to do list, but I can't. Uh, I want to make sure it's not buggy. I think the last time we checked reviews of the Last of Us uh, PC port, it, it it was better, but it wasn't. It still wasn't very good. Last of Us Part One 
let's see here most recent reviews it has an 87 that's actually way higher than when it launched so 87's pretty good that's out of 800 reviews so I don't know yeah they weren't trying to capitalize on the popularity of the show guys when they ported this over just you know the trailer says the acclaimed playstation game now a hit HBO original series but they didn't do this they didn't rush this because of the TV show you know this is has nothing to do with the TV show that's exactly why they did it <laughs> that's exactly why they did it good golly they rushed it 87 that's great from where it was for sure for sure dude like I, I'm I'm actually surprised they got it that high you know in the last 30 days because I didn't, I didn't think they were. Uh, they, I don't know if they'll ever get it into the '90s. Obviously, their main score is still really, really bad. Like it's really bad. Um, <laughs> is is really bad, dude. Like the main score is like a 63. So, um, <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of rough. That's kind of rough, chat. That's uh, that's that's tough. That's tough. That's hev- that's tough sledding there to recover from. And when they launched in the state that it did, I mean, it's deserved. They, uh, you know, they did not do a good job. There we go. I just checked. My profile in Steam still had like a purple, like a purple icon instead of the, the joystick. So had to change that. Well, I don't know if it's saved or not. Doesn't look like it's saved. Um, okay, it's saved. Freezing cold here. Andy Robinson from VGC says more depressing uh, games industry news coming this afternoon. Sadly, I didn't know there were embargoes on this kind of thing. He says, I'm just waiting for the copy to be subbed. Okay. So there's more coming, more coming, more layoffs. There were somebody in here talking about it a little bit ago. Um, something coming with, uh, with layoffs. I forget who they said now. Phil's user scores are important. I think user scores on Steam are the best, are one of the best sources of player feedback and aggregate scoring. I think it's one of the best uh, sources for that. I've thought that for a while, actually. Just how the Tlu Two remake will launch around season two? Yeah, that's what that's what creature that's what creature thinks. Original reporting with Thread. Oh, that's right. It's the Time Splitters developer, Free Radical Design. They're the ones that are that are under threat of potentially being. Um, oh no! It actually has been announced. Free Radical is being closed down. Oh, that sucks, man. We were gonna get Time Splitters. Educational moment. Bad port review scores. Bad game review scores. DK Beggar gifts a member. He says, come on, boys. We haven't missed this 25 goal in over a year. Let's get it going. Help him out here. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting how when you have a bad port, its overall score is lower. And then as it improves, the recent scores go up. That's interesting, isn't it? As like a test case. I mean... Just for the sake of science, if you look at The Last of Us Part 1, its overall score is bad, 
but its most recent score is better because when it's a bad port, bad ports tend to improve. You could probably run another test on another game that we would argue launched pretty bad, right? Jedi Survivor has a 64 overall and a 69 recent. So its recent score has gone up. Isn't that interesting? That when a game is getting bad scores because it's a bad port, the score tends to go up over time. I wonder if there's a game where the exact opposite has happened, even though people claimed it was getting bad scores because it was a bad port. Brett Williams with a gifted member. He jumps on the member train. Thank you so much, Brett, for jumping in and supporting the channel and gifting a member to somebody else. I don't think a live service is a good idea for Sony. Does Sony own the new streaming service? Talking about people coming back, Fortnite did a great move bringing the OG map and the battle pass. Yeah, it's remarkable how Fortnite proves you can bring people back who have left. Like, there were people that drifted from Fortnite, and then No Build brought a bunch of people back. It brought so many people back, they left No Build as a permanent mode. And then they bring back the OG map. And it's not really the OG map, because Tilted Towers was not on the original map. That's what I find kind of funny, is everybody's like, oh, it's the OG map. And I'm like, not really. It actually isn't. It's not the oldest version of the map. It's like when they... I don't even know what season they updated it. But Tilted Towers was not on the original map. It wasn't. Tilted Towers, in my estimation, was the beginning of Game Rhythm being hurt in that game. Because everybody was hot-dropping and getting in fights, and it eliminated so many players in the first ten minutes. Well, first five minutes. Except when they think a game is ghost launching other launchers. Oh, ghost installing other launchers. Yeah. It's like season three map. It's not OG, but it's the peak Fortnite map. I don't want to have a debate about that. I don't want to have a debate about that, but I think Tilted Towers was kind of the beginning of the end for me and many other people. Um, I hate that so much. It's not the OG and people don't even know. Tilted Towers was season one, episode four. Yeah. Sadly, sadly. Now, as far as what uh, Jace Face says about, I don't think live service is a good idea for Sony. One of the things I was going to include in the show opening monologue, but I didn't because I felt like it was sort of a separate subject. But I, I, I think it'd be good to discuss now. We have about 45 minutes before we have to go to the premiere about uh, a PlayStation 5 exclusive being made by FromSoft. So before we go to that premiere, we can talk about this. So my personal theory is that the 12 live service games, the 12 PlayStation live service games that we're supposed to be getting before like 2026 or whatever, I don't think we're getting them. I think we're probably going to get four. Um, I think we'll probably get, you know, two next year and then two in 2025, maybe three. We're getting like four or five. Ain't no way we're getting 12. Okay. And then I also think out of the four that launch, I don't think they will all be successful. I think there will be some that fail. And I think PlayStation will potentially reassess their heavy investment. 
there was a there was that webcast this year where they're increasing their spending in traditional but they're also really increasing their spending in live service so it ends up being like a 50-50 split I don't know if that's going to continue I don't know it really depends on how long they want to push this like do they have a long term plan where they're like listen we're happy to back this strategy for five years and then we'll reassess like are they okay investing that much money in live service if they're not getting the results they want if one of their main studios Naughty Dog is struggling to get out their live service game are we going to see PlayStation potentially say this is not a good idea you know I don't I don't know what their what their ultimate plan is. Was this something again? There's there's rumors that this was primarily Jim Ryan's idea. There's rumors that the studios were not too keen on it. They either were quote unquote uncomfortable or actually against the pivot to live service. You know, we know Guerrilla Games is working on some type of a multiplayer horizon game. You know, are they doing that willingly? Is that something that they volunteered to do? Is that something that they feel like they're wasting bandwidth on? MLB and GT7 are live service. They're doing well. I do think sports games and car games are a little bit unfair because that's an established genre in the industry. You know what I'm saying? There's established fan bases that are going to play a baseball game. There's established fan bases that are going to play a racing game. You're trying to do 12 games by 2026. What are, what are these games? If it's a shooter, you have a mountain to climb over. You've got Warzone, Apex, Fortnite. Just those three. The, 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 I guess you could even say the four horsemen of shooters. Call of Duty gets to take two of those seats. Right? If you say Warzone and then the traditional Call of Duty, because people play that as well, the multiplayer there, and then you've got Apex and Fortnite. So if you're a shooter, you're in trouble, bro. Like you're gonna have I think you're gonna have a hard time getting getting your game off the ground. Are you a sports game? Okay. I mean, good luck. There's so many established sports franchises, you know. MLB, the show, I don't think had tons of competition, right? There's not like it's like the annual football game, annual basketball game, annual soccer game. Has there been an annual baseball game? Like, I don't follow it. I'm genuinely asking. I don't play sports games. So it's like, has there been a big market for baseball games? Right? There'll be five MLB games in the next five years. So there's five right there. So is MLB the show they plan to do annual releases? Are they going to follow the same sports, same sports delivery format that the others do? Wasn't that one of the issues Connie had to deal with? Sony basically forcing their devs to make games as a service. There's two roads they could have taken. There's two roads. One road would have been, well, let's get other studios or let's find other studios to build live service games for us or let's use existing talent, existing IP so that way you have a recognizable brand, you've got experienced studios that you're already working with that you already own. I get why they chose it, but I also understand why those developers would be like, we don't want to do that. We saw this with the relationship between ZeniMax and Arcane, right? This idea of, we need you to make a multiplayer game, and Arcane's like, we don't even really do that. Can we do that? You guys think we can even do that? They weren't confident they could even do it. 
I think you're likely seeing a similar exchange at PlayStation where they're like, hey, PlayStation Studios. We, we, uh, we would like you to build some uh, some live service games. And they're like, we don't want to. Or we're not comfortable with that. Or we don't have any experience doing that. And PlayStation's like, no worries. We got Bungie. We're going to have the Center for Live Service Excellence. We're going to have standards and practices and intel and data and things for you to draw upon to do this the right way. That still doesn't mean they're going to want to do it. I wouldn't be surprised if there is tension and there are studios that aren't too keen on it. You know? You miss Fight Night? Fight Night the game? Or are you talking about, like, Fight Night when we, my wife and I play a game against each other? <laughs> I think you're talking about Fight Night the game. MLB is not really live service like the games and service games everyone is talking about. Well, here's the thing, though, BV... In an interview about the PlayStation Live service games, they indicated they would be doing a lot of different game types and genre types and targeting a lot of different audiences. So you don't need to have... And this is why I'm not too concerned about every game looking like Fortnite. I don't think PlayStation's going to be like, here is this game, it's basically Fortnite. Here is this game, yeah, it's basically Fortnite. I don't think that's their goal. And MLB The Show and GT7, I think, are testaments to that. It's like, neither of those games look and feel like the format that you see in Fortnite. And yet, people seem to be celebrating the content. At least when I look. Like, I don't have hard numbers to give you, but the response to GT7 and the response to MLB The Show has been positive. Now, GT7 got shredded when it launched. The user score on Metacritic will show you that. They got... They got beat up pretty good and it seemed like they deserved it and then they made changes and now the more recent scores of the game look very positive well that's why it's important to be critical of games that's why it's important to be negative and to say hey you guys did this thing and we don't like it right I think that's an important aspect of the relationship that we have with developers and I think there are games that showcase that Lowest hanging fruit Sony has in the orchard is SOCOM. Can't figure out why they haven't done it yet. I think market research shows that a game like SOCOM would would just fall and die and wither in the shadow of Call of Duty. I think they know that. The stats they trotted out about Call of Duty and the number of people on their platform that play COD and nothing else. I think they know that's a direct threat to anything they do. If you're going to play anything that smells like Milsim at all, if it even remotely looks like a military sim, oh, it's third person, oh, it's different, or da 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 da, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Your primary target audience is already engaged with something else. It's not a COD competitor. I don't think it has to be a COD competitor. I don't think it has to be. Your target audience is largely playing something else. I'm not saying SOCOM is Call of Duty. I'm not saying SOCOM would compete with COD. I'm saying the primary target audience, who do you think you're going to fill the SOCOM funnel with? Who? Like, who? Middle-aged moms? No, it's all the dudes that play Call of Duty. All the dudes that play Fortnite or Apex. If you're playing a shooter 
regularly right now, you are part of the target audience that they would want to have by SOCOM. And the shooter market is incredibly saturated. And it would be really, really hard to garner the attention and say, yeah, come check out SOCOM. I'm not even saying that the game would be comparable. I'm talking about the consumer. You're expecting the consumer to be thoughtful. You're being thoughtful. The consumer's not going to be thoughtful. The consumer's going to see a game with guns and say, well, let me check that out. I was saying to Creature, a new SOCOM game could be made to combat COD. Oh, I don't think so. No. Trying to compete with COD is a mistake. But the COD bros would play COD and SOCOM. They always did. Again, I think they're probably looking at the market research and they're saying the target audience, the demographic that SOCOM would appeal to is playing Apex, Fortnite, Warzone, Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare 3. They're already engaged. They're already out there playing something. SOCOM's third person, so it may not have much overlap. I don't think it's about overlap. I think it's that if you're, if, if you're, I'm telling you, if that's your target audience, it's massively risky. I'm not saying they cannot do it. I'm saying they have probably been looking at this for a while and saying it's just too risky. It's a lot of money to launch a title that has to sit shoulder to shoulder with other massive games that are also shooters. It's not just Call of Duty. It's Fortnite. It's not just Fortnite. It's Apex Legends. It's not just Warzone. It's Modern Warfare 2. It's Modern Warfare 3. You, it's, it's... I think that's basically it. I mean, PUBG is still pretty popular, especially on mobile. Your argument could be applied to so many other genres of games, though. No, because most other genres of games don't have a Call of Duty in them. Like, that's that's the difference. I think you guys are twisting it. I'm not saying that you couldn't. I'm saying that they have likely... The question was, why haven't they done this yet? And I'm telling you, it's very likely that the market research has indicated that it's too saturated. The target audience, the demographic, the age and gender demographic that would play this game, they're already playing games like this. It would be really, really difficult to get people in this game's funnel for the long haul. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying the market research would be, brother, these people play nothing but Call of Duty. They play nothing but, uh, but, 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 but Warzone, but Apex, but Fortnite. PUBG's pretty popular, period. Also, there's an entire generation that doesn't even know what SOCOM is. Ding, 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 unless it was intentional. People who asked to not be identified because they weren't authorized to speak publicly decided to undermine multiple years of hard work by their colleagues. If you're ever fortunate enough to work on a game that millions of people care about, don't be this person. Imagine, you and your teammates have been dreaming of this moment uh, ever since day one. Now that it's almost ready, entire teams have started planning to turn that reveal into something truly memorable for their fans, the studio, and the gaming community as a whole. Then right before the announcement, someone takes it upon themselves to undermine it all, robbing millions of fans and the team 
you've been in the trenches with of the reveal that they deserve rather than it being a spectacular surprise you are now an expectation all because of one person don't be that person please just let cool moments be cool moments for context yes this is about the grand theft auto 6 rumors or leaks i feel sorry for the people that rockstar who have been working towards this moment for so long you and your fans deserve better Tom Warren replies, I'd say hacking into a studio and stealing early code and putting that out there is undermining years of work. Putting a reveal date out there for something that's already been officially announced and leaked hardly undermines years of work. I I agree with Tom Warren, but I don't agree with Tom Warren because what that guy is talking about is the timing. He's talking about the timing. I also think if you go look at Rockstar's tweet, what the guy's saying is being, he's being quite hyperbolic. He's being hyperbolic. Nothing was robbed. You're an expectation. No, you're not. No, you're not. All you have to do is go to Jason Schreier's tweet and article and compare that to the blazing sun that Rockstar's tweet is. I, I I agree with what he's saying. I get where he's coming from. I don't think that had I don't think that had an effect this time at all. Guys, it is uh 11:30 my time. In 30 minutes we're going to be going to our premiere. We always do a talk show then a premiere. Today's premiere is about a PlayStation 5 exclusive being developed by From Software. We're going to talk about what it is, what it probably isn't. That will be also discussed in a debrief for members. If you want to help this number go up, every 25 members, I give five back to the community. You can become a member. You do not have to wait for gifted members. We have really, really generous people here, but I think it makes people sometimes like sit back and wait. If you can afford a membership, jump in. It's five bucks. You get to be a part of the end of the day segment called the debrief. There is one final segment as well called the writer's room. That's $6 instead of 5 but that just allows us to draw a dividing line between the people that have been voluntarily jumping in and those who are gifteds. But gifteds get a debrief every day of the week as well as a Friday night stream with my wife. So stick around. If you cannot afford a membership, you might get a gifted just by being here. Smash that like button. Uh, we should easily have 300 likes by now. Let's smash that up and let's hit 300. That's our like goal right now. Uh, and let's hit this member goal. And uh, we appreciate you guys so, so much. Also, what Capono is saying, you can share the stream, you can chat, you can hit subscribe. Those are all great ways to support. Those are free. Don't ever feel like you have to be a member or do super chats to get attention here. I've interacted with Power Boss all day today. I've interacted with plenty of people who are not members. You do not have to be a member to be a part of what we do here. Abe gifts up. A member and says, let's push the line, guys. And he gets us a little bit closer. Thank you so much, Abe. Takes us to eight. And the gifted member goes to Cyclone. If you guys get a gifted membership, always be sure to thank the person who did that. Sharing the show can really help. Uh, competing with Rocket Rumble right now is hard. Unless you make a twisted metal, equally fun. Um, speaking of low uh, hanging fruit, where's my Sly Cooper game? Yeah. See, I don't have this long history uh, with PlayStation. Abe gifts another one. He says, come on, boys. Let's get this going here. He's going to single-handedly start his own member train. Thank you so much, Abe, taking us to nine on the day. 
Another one. Abe says, okay, guys, I'm just going to do this by myself. And Brandon gets involved, so we go from 9 to 10 and then up to 11. Thank you so much, Brandon, for gifting a membership. I greatly appreciate you guys doing that. You guys are the best. Abe going off. Okay, Abe's just kind of doing his own thing, dude. He's like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to push the number all by myself. (laughs) I play the absolute F out of Sly Cooper as a kid. Yeah, so a lot of the times people bring up like long-standing or classic PlayStation games, and I'm like, I, I was a Nintendo family, and then after the GameCube, I was a PC guy. I was a PC guy all the way until World at War, and then I got a 360, an Xbox 360 to play World at War with my friends. Abe with another one gifts a member. The main reason I got an Xbox was literally because that's what my friends were getting. You know, and one from Raptor. Raptor gifts one as well and takes us to 13. Thank you so much, Raptor. I've been a while since I had a shoutcast gifted members. Here we go. Thank you so much. Single gifted member train. Say less. So Raptor, Raptor's calling for a single gifted member train. He says, say less. And Brandon jumps on again and says, let's keep it going and takes it to 14. Thank you so much, Brandon. I had no interest in a PlayStation at the time because it was like a friend of mine said, dude, let's get this 360. Let's get this World at War and play. Another one from Abe taking us to 15. Another one from Brandon and another one from Lone Wolf and another one from Zach Johnson taking us to 18. Look at that. Many hands make light work and a 10 bomb comes in from Cristiano Souza blasting past the goal and taking us to 28. Thank you so much. Not only did you do the 10 bomb, Agent of Chaos, pushing us past the goal, and Raptor gives us one more as well, taking us to 29. That's the way to do it. Thank you so much, Raptor. Cristiano Souza show off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he, he, he ruined the single gifted member train. Everybody get him. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Zenless Urban. Oh, I don't I don't know what this is. You get those emails where like, oh, I think I know what this is. And you open it, you're like, well, I have no idea what this is. I'm o- I might be alone in this, but Manslaughter 2 would be lit. Yeah, there's so many titles I'm just not familiar with because of that era of time. When I got the 360, you know, uh, my friends and I wanted to play World at War, and that was all I played. And then I got whatever Gears of War was out at that time I got and really liked. I remember playing it on my big screen television. I had gotten it for uh, pretty cheap from my manager at AT AT&T. It was a projection television. Is big and boxy. Uh, I'll take a code for that if you don't want it. No, I can't do that. I can't give you the code that they they're they're offering one. Um, they're wanting to know if I I saw their previous email about it. It's an urban fantasy ARPG. Um, yeah. My difficulty is, it would be my preference to play and review like little indie titles like that but the challenge is is you've got to be like a really big YouTuber to do that you know what I mean like I would love to do that I would much prefer to focus on smaller dev teams and smaller games but it's like dude I'm not I'm not big enough for that all I'm gonna do is not help you and I'm gonna hurt myself in the process like 
it's just a shame that you get to the bigger size and obviously they get targeted by the bigger studios and the bigger games and then it makes perfectly good sense. Are you going to review an indie title, you know, that nobody's heard of or are you going to review the latest Star Wars game? Like which are you going to review when you have a 100,000 sub channel? Like you know what I'm saying? Like once you get to that size, it's like, well now I don't want to do that. I just I wish there was more support for that. We had a first look channel where that's all we did. I would play like a little indie title, be like, yeah, here's the first 15 minutes, go check this out. But we had to put so much work into that. It was eating into my schedule, and it was just like, I, I can't justify this, man. Like, it's such a bummer, because I have this long wish list of indie titles on my Steam profile, and it's just like, I just don't have enough time. I only have so much time in a day. Uh, Swaven with a five spot. game, uh, Good game industry coverage as always. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much, Swaven, for the five super chat tip. Somebody bumped this line to 30. Come on, man. Tempt these big boys. They've been sleeping. They've been sleeping the last couple of days. Let's wake them up. Just a little nudge. The lightest nudge. Just one of you. Just one of you. Be careful. Don't go past it. ZZZ isn't a small indie game. It's from MiHoYo, the Genshin Impact guys. Oh, I didn't know that. Most of these emails I get, that's what it is. It's from it's from studios or games I've never heard of. Um, oh, this does say developed by... Hoyoverse. Well, if they're the ones behind Genshin, I don't want to do anything with them anyway. I don't want to. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to indirectly support Genshin at all. Always go for Evergreen. There it is. That's it. Don't go any further. Cristiano Souza did it. Just let this chill at thirty. Everybody stop. Everybody stop. No more. JC goes one further. Dad Gummit always, always. Thank you, JC. That's okay. That's okay. One further still works. It still works. Because they can drop the 20 bomb and they'll still be agents of chaos. But stop. Everybody stop. No more. Chill. Let's see if you can tempt. Let's see if we can tempt any of the big boys. <laughs> uh, my SMS and Sega uh, CD and Hurricane Andrew along with my original. Trill Troll. Dad Gummit. You guys don't listen. You're so rebellious. I'm like, don't. Stop. Don't do any more. And you're like, what? Like this? <laughs> Trill's like, you mean like this? Stop like this? You want me to not hit the button like this? <laughs> Jay messed it up. <laughs> Genshin had me dropping 600 per banner. Oh, jeepers. Jeepers. Yeah. Most of those emails I get like that, and it's like if it's a game I've not heard of, I'll typically go to Steam, and it's like a smaller studio, smaller game. And I'm telling you, I have a wish list full of games like that. There, would, I would just love to play and love to review. Yeah. If I could clone myself, I would. Because I still loved doing that. I loved that first look channel. I loved the ability to like play a game for 15 or 20 minutes and be like, yo, that was kind of fun. Y'all should check this game out. You know, 10 bucks at Steam or, you know, 20 bucks in Steam or whatever. Troll says I'm on a 30 second delay. You can't look at chat. You can't see what's happening in chat, Trill. You, you can't see what's happening in chat. <laughs> Uh, I tried for 30 but was too slow no you're good you're good Jay I'm just giving you guys crap I always say we just need one more I'm like alright everybody chill 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 just one person one person and so I was like alright there it is and like 10 seconds later another one 10 seconds later another one I'm like dadgummit (laughs) now the thing is is I used to run low latency and it made that easier, but whenever I ran low latency, you guys would get more buffering, so I, I turned it to normal latency. 
Does the Reforge Roast come in pods? No, Reforge Roast comes pre-ground in a dark roast and a light roast with balanced acidity, so there is no bitterness. If you've never tried coffee before with balanced acidity, just try one of each. Try the light and the dark. See which one you like the most. If you have the need for the pods, we have a K-Cup link uh, that they are reusable K-Cups that you can buy from Amazon. Uh, It's better for you you're going to save money and it's better for the environment right if you're like the i don't care about the environment and you throw styrofoam out your car i th- th- i'm not trying to appeal to that but it is you know it is going to save you money so custom cameras and controls for fortnite's unreal editor leak online i really would love to try og map no build first person very little bitterness it's not hot chocolate <laughs> it does not melt. That's right. It does not melt. That is correct. We had somebody who thought it was like they thought all coffee was instant coffee. And so they just put the grounds in the water and they're like, it's not melting. And it took me a second to realize. It's like, I was like, I don't know. I was like, what did you do? Why, why would it not be melting? And I was like, wait a minute. Why would you do that? I'm thinking. You got to put it in the coffee maker. <laughs> it's pre-ground. It's not instant, right? Oh, and if you guys like today's shirt, we I really want to support these guys. EC77, their shirts are awesome. Uh, I think they're so cool. They've almost got like a vintage, really, really neat. What is up here on my shoulder? Oh, it's like a piece of paper or something. Um, they are dope ec77.co be sure to use my code over there if you order any of their shirts i don't know if they've gotten any new shirts since the last time i had them send me some stuff but their shirts are really really cool we're usually wearing into the am uh in today and i i think the shirts over there at the uh, at ec77 are just i don't know there's just something about them they have a they just have a vibe uh and i really really think you should check them out. And if you like any of their shirts and you end up buying any of their shirts, be sure to use that code. Uh, we don't promote them as much. We don't promote them as much, but I think I think their shirts are stellar. There's a Fear No Evil tee. I don't know if I've seen this one before. This one's really cool. Fear No Evil. evil. Goodbye to the old. Hello to the new. Embrace new beginnings. Eliminate the need for ego. We are the wolves. Patience Over Everything, established 2013, North London, United Kingdom, Santa Rosa, California. Is that really a band, or do they just make up, like, a band? Wolves on SoundCloud? Is it really a group? You can follow them on Instagram. No, that's not them. I thought it was just like something that they made up just so they could have cool like original merch. In any case, check them out. I think their stuff's dope. I feel left out. Been coming to you since Starfield pre-release stuff. Never been gifted a sub yet with all the member drops. Power Boss, are you on a branded account? If you're on a branded account, it might not work. The other thing you could try is toggle it off and back on again. Click on join like you're going to become a member. And then you click like the three dots 
and it'll say like toggle gifted options or something turn it off turn it off and then turn it back on again and see if you can't get one um that that can make all the difference in the world um so mm. the irony of Lono wearing a shirt that says leave your ego at the door hey man I'm still working on that I, I'm trying it's hard not to dude constantly getting you know people attacking you and saying nasty stuff dude it's hard not to have your ego provoked you tried for a day see how you do <laughs> wait what you got against Genshin what's wrong with Genshin Impact uh, one of my OG most played games I don't want to promote Gasha games um, I think the way they set up monetization is bad and I don't want more Gasha games to be successful in the west because I think they're bad <laughs> um, I would never promote games that have monetization practices that I don't like I don't like the monetization practices of Diablo Immortal so I stopped covering it even though I could have covered it and got lots of viewership and support anytime I touched it or talked about it we got great we got really really strong turnout and once I saw it for what it was I refused to cover it uh, I've been offered over the years I've been doing this for 8 years I have turned down thousands of dollars to do sponsorships of um, what's the game Raid Shadow Legends I've never ever taken a single one of those I'm not going to call out the people that do I get it you got to make that money you want to get that bag there was a time where they offered me upwards at one of my at one of my when I was when I was larger and streamed on a different platform I think I turned down like a $5,000 contract uh, to do something with Raid Shadow Legends you know so you know a lot of the things you, you maybe you've seen said about me and and how I create content and how I all I care about is money is just simply not true. These are people taking things completely out of context to misrepresent me. I've turned down thousands of dollars over the years because I just I will not take sponsorship opportunities or cover things that I feel are not in the lane that I'm willing to support. So if there's a game that's even remotely associated to Genshin or would support the people who make Genshin, I won't do anything with it. So I think they're more fair than most since their games are beatable fully free, but I get it 100%. Yeah, Diablo Immortal can be played 100% free, and that was how I was actually going to cover it. I entertained the idea of like, maybe I can help people play Diablo Immortal. Maybe I can help them by showing how to play it free. And the more I thought about it, and the more I analyzed it, and the more videos I watched, I was like, I cannot in good conscience encourage people to be in this player funnel. Um, I just couldn't do it. And when I looked at Raid Shadow Legends and the criticisms that that game had received, I was like, I don't want to promote that game. I don't want to promote that kind of, you know, monetization practices, and I I just didn't want to do it. Um, And same thing with Genshin, you know? Because I thought, oh, well, if I cover Diablo Immortal and I show people how to do, you know, play for free, but I'm still encouraging people to be in the funnel and then they might fall prey to the practices. So. 5K wouldn't have lasted long playing Raid, though. Oh, they offer you 5,000 
to promote it. They're not giving me like 5000 to spend in the game. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. I thought you were... Some places do that. Some places do that. You see all these people opening up, you know, packages in, in, in what was it, CSGO 2 or whatever, and they're getting like the most ridiculous pulls. That's freaking... That's got to be one of the most unethical things I've ever seen. You're literally misleading people into thinking that there's these, oh yeah, look how much I'm getting, look how much we're earning. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really, really have a severe problem with that. Um, paying people to play your game and rigging it so they get really good pulls, that's just, that's the height of unethical. That's just awful. You're convincing people to spend money. That's, that's, I think it's fraud, personally. You're, you're defrauding the public. You're convincing them to spend money thinking that they're going to win at the rate that all of these big content creators are winning. And I think the whole thing's despicable. I, it's, what are we doing? As, especially people that don't even need the money. It's, you don't even need the money, dude. You're encouraging your audience to to funnel money into a system that is not going to reward them at the rate that you're winning. It's fake. It's it's not real. It's total. It's just phony. So, I don't know. I think that would rise to the level of material misrepresentation. Yeah, I mean, I I think though I think the whole CS:GO thing should be investigated. I thought I don't think I think that was that was that was total total phony fraud nonsense. There's no way those guys. All of them just happen to be getting the most ridiculous low percentage pulls. No way. There's no freaking way. It's rigged. Absolutely not. It doesn't stand to basic reason or math. Like mathematical probability and any thinking person would look at that and say, this absolutely smells fishy. This is not genuine. This is not real. These people are faking it. They're 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 they've been given a greater chance of pull and greater chance of win to convince the public that look yeah man look at this dude look at these big wins these big pulls I'm getting you could too you know you could too it's like no no you couldn't because it's fake um uh from software PS5 exclusive Um. Four of the biggest companies in the industry have been targeted by a lawsuit accusing them of enabling video game addictions. I've not looked at the at the at that court case. I think that's a, that's going to be a harder one to win. I think you'd have a lot easier time proving and winning a case when they're winning things that have insanely low percentage chances of being won like it would be really really easy to demonstrate that that's not real that that's faked that that's 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 a rig that's rigged they're doing it they're doing it to trick you broken roads delayed what's broken roads that sounds familiar I, I don't I don't remember what that is Have I done a Spider-Man 2 woke video? Why would I do that? That's not... That's not something that I believe. I don't believe the game is woke. 
what what makes the game woke i guess would be my question <clears throat> i'm scheduling the premiere and the member stream Game of the Awards are December 7th. Yeah, the nominations come out next week, though. Yeah, nominations come out next week. All right, today at noon. Save that. Oh, that was a joke. One deaf girl, one gay side quest equals woke. Please, you're reaching. My daughter uh, started playing the game, and she actually got really excited when she saw the girl in the classroom doing sign language because she got really interested in the subject of sign language, and so she got like books from the from the library about it, and she was like practicing all the letters and like spelling her name and stuff, and so she got really excited. She's like, "Is she doing sign language?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "One of the characters in the game is deaf." So some of the people you'll see will do sign language. She's like, that's so cool. She got really excited because she has, I don't think she's ever had the opportunity to interact with somebody that is either deaf or knows how to speak uh, sign language. American sign language, ASL. So she got really excited. And that's not because we're like, we, we don't like, we don't do that with our kids. We're not like shoving some kind of false virtue in their face. She took an interest like all on her own. Like she just thought it was cool. She thought, this is neat that you can do this, you know? I wonder if she really thinks it's cool and neat because she wants to grow up. She takes a great interest in ninjas and shinobis. And when I told her, uh, she was really unhappy when the Alexa told her that shinobis were historically male. She did not like that. So then when we researched it the other day for the Assassin's Creed Red game and we learned that there were female shinobi and they had like a specific name. When I told her that she got like really excited. I wonder if her interest in ninjas is why she's interested in sign language. Like as a ninja, would she want to talk with her hands? And I don't know. I don't know why sometimes kids get interested in things, but yeah. You're not live. You're well. Oh man. I have a deaf classmate when I was young. Gives perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, we, when I grew up, uh, you know, yeah, Kunoishi, yeah, Kunoishi is a is a female shinobi. The Kunoishi, they were ruthless, man. There's like there's like historical Kunoishis that were like ruthless. It's really really cool. Um, yeah. So when I told her about that, she was really excited because last year she went as Ronin. Halloween and this year she went as like a it's like red and black outfit ninja she just loves it she thinks it's so cool um so maybe that's one of her interests in ASL is like I could speak without saying anything you know what I mean is are known for their uh ASL qualifies as a foreign language for degree requirements at my mom's university it's one of the most popular classes on campus really I wonder, is it because you already have a base language to use inside of American Sign Language? Like, is, I wonder if that's why people like it. Like, they're like, well, I already speak English, so I could speak this maybe more readily. 
because I have a base language to to use within um it. Kanoi Kanoichi. Kanoichi. That's it. That was how they said it on the internet when we found it that one time. Yeah, Kunoichi. It sounds like Oichi, but it's Kunoichi. Not Konichiwa. No, no, no. I feel like her interest in ASL is more related to her care for others, like her homeless gift bags that she makes. Yes, her empathy is so strong, it can be dangerous. Like, we have to be very careful, like, and we have to kind of protect her from knowing about bad things, because her empathy is so strong. When she first studied Abraham Lincoln, she was incensed. She she was incensed. I read a book to her about the first black ballerina, and at the time she was in ballet, and when I got to the part where they told this little girl she couldn't take the ballet classes because she was black, my daughter got so upset. She was angry. <laughs> I had to stop reading. I was like, alright, hang on. We gotta, I was like, we gotta stop reading. Like, You're getting too upset. <laughs> You're getting too upset. She was incensed, bro. And we didn't say anything. We weren't like taking her through some like we weren't trying to she just suddenly thought Abraham Lincoln was super dope all on her own and so we were letting her read books about him and buddy did she get angry (laughs) she got super ticked so we had to be very very careful with her we'd be very very careful because when she learned that people don't have homes she didn't know what to do with that like as a category it was like what what do you mean it like didn't it didn't make sense to her. So we talked to somebody who works in like homeless shelters about what are things we can give the homeless as because, you know, they're always like, don't give them cash because a lot of times that's not actually helpful. So she has these little gift bags with like snacks in them and hand sanitizer and a toothbrush, like give things to them that'll, you know, humanize them, you know, and help them help them feel more uh, humanized and cared for. So there's only so much you can do when you're like driving in your car and there's somebody on a street corner with a sign. So yeah, she has those little bags in the car sometimes made up. So sweet kid, super sweet kid. I love her to death, but you got to be careful because her empathy is almost too strong. She'll get real upset about stuff. It turns out I am on a branded account. No idea why. I don't know if there's an easy way to not to... I don't think you can switch it. Um, I don't think you can switch it, Power Boss. But you can make a separate account just to watch and get a membership. I would love for you to have a membership, by the way. Um, But can't do anything about the branded thing. Okay, let's go to this premiere. There is a PlayStation 5 exclusive being built by FromSoft. And I don't think it's Bloodborne. Let's go check out this premiere. I'll put a link in chat. Guys, smash the like button on your way out here and then go smash it over there. I owe you guys five members. You can keep gifting members in the premiere if you want to make me gift more. You can get us to 50. Let's head over. I'll see you guys over there.